You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for one, one, April 28th. That is a Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on, on, on the Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube to see me doing my crazy, sick, awesome dance moves and weird faces and gestures and my headphones for some reason that make me feel comfortable. I don't know why. I just wear them around my, my neck. Make me feel all safe and safe and sound. Shout out Capital Cities. Anyway, uh, you can check out that, guys, if you would like to. And, of course, thank you for making Lockdown Potters your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Be sure to go check out that place for all the good jewelry needs because jewelry is cool and it's a nice thing to give to people that you care about very much. But more importantly, guys, today's episode... Got a good one, good one for you. All right, we're talking about the last two games ever since what is it Tuesday? Hold on, today is going to be th- so Tuesday and Wednesday's games. We're going to be recapping them, talking about Joe Musgrove's game, talking about Mackenzie Gore's game. Any kind of takeaways from them? Because I will tell you, even though they were messy games against a messy and bad team in the Cincinnati Reds, so 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 much fun. All right, I, I had a blast watching them, and sometimes, even against bad teams, you like to beat them up. You like to see your offense come alive a little bit, and that's what kind of happened. But we're going to start with the latest game, and that was last night's game by the time you guys are listening to this or watching to this. The Padres won by a score of 8-5. to five. First and foremost, Mr. McKenzie Gore making his, what is this, his third start of his MLB career? His third start. And did he falter? No, ladies and gentlemen, he did not. He goes five innings in this one. Doesn't go the distance necessarily. Actually found himself getting up there in pitch count pretty early. Uh, But nonetheless, still very effective. Five innings, one earned run on five hits. Walked two and struck out ten. First time. Hopefully the first of many times he reaches that double-digit strikeout number for his career. And to be honest with you, I thought he looked good. Now, it is the Reds. And let's be clear that the Reds are incredibly bad at hitting left-handed pitching. They, oh my lord almighty. And of course, Mackenzie Gore being a left-handed pitcher, that probably helps against them. I wish Mackenzie Gore could make all of his starts against teams like the Cincinnati Reds. So you do have to take part of what Mackenzie Gore did uh, with a grain of salt. But even still, I did like that he generated 11 whiffs on his fastball, 17 whiffs in total during the game. The slider especially was effective. He got right when he was kind of faltering a little bit, right when he really needed to get, in order to get those five innings, in order to get the win for himself, he needed to get some patterns to swing at some stuff, and he got a slider uh, to go by Red's batters, which was very good most times. And the fastball, which he relied on 59% of the time, was effective at road. And yes, you have some hitters who didn't really swing on it. That's why his pitch count got up there, right? He was relying a lot on that pitch, but thankfully, they didn't really make too much impact off of it, and 26% of the time was the slider. A little bit disappointed to not see too many change-ups. If Mackenzie Gore is supposed to be having four-plus pitches, I would like to see him throw that change-up more. But, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I get it. And also, it's still just his third start. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's still his third start. And him kind of refining things and sticking with what he's comfortable with, as long as it's working, I am kind of all for that. 
right? The only time that the, the Reds actually end up scoring off of him is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kyle Farmer hitting a double, allowing Tommy Pham uh, to score. Tommy Pham was originally uh, thrown out by Jerickson Profar, making another outfield assist, but it actually turned out that Tommy Pham was safe, again, continuing his rampage against the Padres, and specifically just the Padres, by the way. I think that dude had, probably has a, a 2,500 OPS against the Padres and like a 400 against everybody else. It's it's crazy. It's crazy what Tommy Pham's doing. He actually ends up homering in this game as well uh, at the bottom of the seventh inning. Just just really nuts. Just really nuts. And if you look at exit velocity numbers, for the most part, I don't. Th- I know Mackenzie Gore is that he gave up some hard hits when he did give up the hits. Uh, they were hit pretty hard. But for a rookie pitcher, I don't necessarily look into all that. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily look into, unless it's really insane, unless it's like every hit, that the batters are hitting has an exit velo of like 99 or 103, right? And then they're not falling for hits. Then I look at it, but otherwise, when they give up hits, that's just kind of what I feel like happens with rookie pitchers. Even if it is fastballs and not changeups and off-speed stuff. Off-speed stuff tends to be, as we see with Joe Musgrove, who we'll talk about in a little bit, tends to be the stuff that guys are going to take deep. But with a fastball, you don't like to see that. doesn't really matter to me, though. The fastball is carrying. It's got some zip to it, and he throws it with confidence he's gonna get better and I don't even care if it was against the Reds I thought he looked great right and the Padres offense again I don't care if it was against the Reds beating up on bad teams wasn't necessarily a strength of the Padres even when they were good last year right the Padres were struggling against the Rockies famously last year even against the Marlins who they're gonna be playing up uh soon they struggled against Pittsburgh early on in the year so even still winning the games that you need to win is still important just because you can't beat your L.A. Dodgers or your San Fran Giants, or if they play, say, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think they play the Blue Jays this year, but just because you feel like you're outclassed by those teams doesn't mean you're a bad team. It just means that those teams are really good and that the Padres might just be cursed by their division right now. And that's not the greatest barometer to measure them by, right? They got beat up by the Dodgers, but they're beating up the teams they're supposed to so far, and that's really good. In this game, though, that wasn't all, because I know some longtime listeners might be saying, I mean, are you going to talk about him? Of course I'm going to talk about him. Let me just say, first of all, in this game, we did get RBIs from Jerkson, Profar, Luis Campizano, Jake Cronenworth, the first baseman who must not be named, and Manny Machado with a double. Manny Machado just, basically, aside from like the first series of the year, I think, Manny Machado is just a constant for the Padres. And then, of course, we also got an RBI single from... Uh, what's his face? The, the the first baseman that must not be named. The Lord? Lord first baseman that who must not be named? Someone tweeted at me that if he plays well, perhaps I, I, I don't have to say his name, but do I have to at least say like Lord to acknowledge, to give some kudos to the man? I don't know, but all I'm saying, basically all of this is to say, Padres first baseman, he's currently batting 410 to start the year. And he launched an absolute nuke in this game. And he drove in another one. Is it possible that he's doing well? I still need to give it more time. Not doing well. He is doing well. Is it possible that we could see a good season from this guy? It's possible, man. And Jerickson Profar hit an absolute blast. There's some exciting developments on the Padres' offense from from sources that we probably didn't expect, which is the most fun part. But before we break all that down and another game that transpired, we're going to talk about that one uh, pretty quickly. But nonetheless, guys, it's still important. Let me talk to you about something else that's important, though. That is BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler. 
ladies and gentlemen, at Blue Nile. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. They've got fine jewelry that can be given as a gift. They've got gold layering, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, whatever you can want. It can be given as a gift. You know, we've got Mother's Day coming up. You want to, you know, speaking of it, I have to start, maybe I might have to do that myself, right? Because I need to remind myself, I'm going to put, fun fact for all the listeners, I put all of my notes in my Twitter drafts because I'm on Twitter too much. Uh, Mother's Day, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, seriously though, they've got wedding jewelry, fine jewelry, all the stuff that I mentioned before at prices that you will like, ladies and gentlemen. And it looks great. It's really important. All right, to give something that really has meaning and really is just a an item that people will cherish forever, I guess the way. And at Blue Nile, they've got you covered, guys. And because you're listening to this podcast this Mother's Day as well, give something to your mother that they'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $500 purchases. This podcast exclusive is only good, though, through Mother's Day. Remember... Now, to use the code locked on, guys, that's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. I like that. You don't want to give away the surprise. I love that. That's such an awesome little thing. All right, guys, let's keep it moving, though. As always, let me just remind you. To make Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day, we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching the YouTube, I just had to stretch a whole bunch. I don't know why. Maybe I have some back problems. I'm not really sure. Or shoulder problems. Whatever. Because you know who's not having problems? The Padres offense lately. Okay? Not. Let's forget um, last night's game for just a second. And let's talk about Tuesday. A very messy game, I must say, from the Padres. Hassan Kim made some errors. Hassan Kim, low-key, has not been a defensive super stud so far, even if he's gotten a little bit better with his batting. But he did manage to hit a home run in this game. A lot of the Padres' offense came in the top of the fourth inning with a jerks and profile double with the first baseman who must not be named hitting a home run. That's right. He hit one last night and two days ago. A three-run home run that was also a blast. They they had a Hassan Kim walk with the bases loaded. I talked about his home run, and Jake Cronenworth hit a triple that ended up giving them a 9-1 lead. Almost blew it as time went on later, uh, as they won 9-6, but nonetheless, they were still pretty good. Joe Musgrove in this game wasn't great. Six innings, five runs, only two earned, though, because the Padres made three errors in this in this game. So very messy defense after starting off really well for the year. Uh, one walk, four Ks, seven hits allowed. It's okay. Uh, I chalked this one up to bottom line is that there was a lot of errors made. And also, he did just face the Reds last week. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then this happens where pitchers, at least in my experience, don't have the numbers to necessarily back this up totally for you guys. But when you play, even if it's a bad team, if you just played them like last week, they can sometimes, and I'm not talking about divisional opponents, but your Reds, say, say if they played the Marlins. Uh, tomorrow, and then they played them on next Friday, right? Like, maybe there's a, a something to be said for having just faced a pitcher, right? And Joe Musgrove isn't going to be elite every single time. But bottom line is still only two earned runs, even if five total were were uh, because of Joe Musgrove, keeping his ERA at 2.16 on the season with a whip below one. Nothing much to report there. But with the offense, man, we got to talk about the offense a little bit. Jerickson Profar, man. Uh, let's talk about him first. 
Let's talk about him first. Jerickson Profar has five home runs on the season now after last night's game, right? After last night's game, the McKenzie Gore game. And all of last year, I actually tweeted this from my main account. All of last year, over the course of 100 and, what was it, 137 games played, Jerickson Profar hit only four home runs, and in just 18 games so far this season, he's already hit five. His career high in home runs is 20, for the record. Do I think that Jerickson Profar is a 30 home run guy? No. No. What I do think, though, is he could potentially match that total or around then, but what I am buying about Jerickson Profar I think that he can be just a solid sort of player. He plays across the place. Maybe he's our version of Chris Taylor of the Dodgers. Except because, and the reason is also this. Let's see if I could pull up Baseball Savant right now. The other reason is this, is when I watch Jerickson Profar play, it's not a lot of grounders. He's mashing the ball. That's what's so fun about him. And on top of playing some really decent defense, by the way, kind of throwing out uh, players and making some good outfield assists, if you look at his stuff on Savant, it's really exciting, right? Expected batting average, weighted on base. His hard hit rate isn't through the roof. But when he is making contact, it's still going pretty well. And most importantly, walk and chase rates. 91st percentile in chase rate, 90th percentile in walk rate. He's striking out a decent amount, but he has the walks. And the walks... And the lack of chasing, just being a balanced kind of hitter up there, not striking out too much, that's not necessarily something we haven't seen from Jerickson Profar before. So as of right now, I mean, Jerickson Profar, I mean, if he wants to have an on-base that's in the, the high 300s, I mean, I don't think that that's impossible. I really don't. I don't think it's impossible. I can see a world in which Jerkson Profar is a 240 guy with a 350 on base that plays okay defense and maybe gives the Padres like 20 home runs. That's pretty damn good. All right? That's pretty damn good. He's not going to be an MVP or anything like that. But especially until Tatis is out, this is what we preached in the offseason, is for guys to step up until he comes back. Jerkson Profar is basically doing what we want Trent Grisham to do. Grisham, I think, is a little bit more solidified. Oh, uh, I just got to stretch my neck, sorry. Uh, solidified as a great defender. But nonetheless, we were expecting more from Trent Grisham. In this game, he does manage. He's been slowly getting around there, by the way. Like I mentioned, he did have a triple uh, in this game. Maybe I didn't mention that. He had a triple in this game. So he's slowly creeping back up there. Same thing for Jake Cronenworth, who goes one for five in this game. But hopefully this is a sign that Jerkson performing can be a guy. He's batting cleanup right now, and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Another thing that I don't hate, by the way, is Luis Campizano, his second day in a row. He gets an RBI in this game on a sacrifice fly. Been a little bit too aggressive, I will say. Very quick pitch counts. He's swinging on the second pitch or what have you. Making good contact, though. He actually had a ball that was smoked, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in this game. Like something like 105 miles an hour. It ended up being a ground out, but he did hit the ball hard, which is a good sign. Uh, Luis Campizano, I like the idea of giving him a lot of days at DH. I know Alfaro hasn't actually been terrible, but he's basically been the same guy. Uh, he's not walking at all, and he's just swinging at everything, right? I'm going to say it again. One of the highest outside zone swing percentages in Major League Baseball right now. Granted, he doesn't have as many plate appearances, but still. And also, the highest swinging strike percentage in Major League history. Basically, all that combines to just being he swings at everything sure if he makes contact it looks great looks great in spring training he looks great in batting practice he's a freak athlete i get it but also on top of the fact that he's not a great defender i wouldn't mind a world in which we maybe just move on from jorge alfaro and just give campizano until 
Until the time comes when 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 Luke Voigt comes back or whatever, just give Campizano a bunch of reps at DH. Make sure he doesn't have to worry about catching. Give him the ability to maybe sock like 20 home runs potentially in a season for us. That I could potentially see. But anyway, really like that. And lastly, we got to talk about the first baseman who must not be named. Going 2-4-2 with two walks in this game, including the home run, of course, two RBIs on the day. He's smoking it, man. I mean, this is it's officially entering interesting because last year, early on in the year, Padres first baseman, he he was good in like the Dodgers series. He had some really clutch hits, but all of those hits were like these ground balls up the middle. I remember it in those early exciting games for the Dodgers or against the Dodgers last year when everyone was talking about just give us Padres Dodgers all day. He had some really clutch hits, but there were grounders up the middle that maybe could have been catch but caught by the Dodgers defenders. This time, while his fly ball stuff isn't really there, he is hitting a lot of line drives, and he's still kind of scoring up the ball pretty good. So it's at least I would say I will give I will give you this. There is hope, I think. There is hope. I am a little bit concerned of the lack of the fly ball, right? Right? That's really concerning. But with the two home runs, that probably is going to go up. I'm not checking baseball savant right now just because they're probably adjusting for it. But I imagine the fly ball percentage will go up at least a little bit given the fact that he's had two home runs uh, in back-to-back days. But I, that is a little bit of a concern that he's not hitting the ball uh, in the air enough. The line drive, he's not going to hit 38% line drive. That I don't think I don't know anybody that does that for the most part, I don't think. But at least this has been, this is 18 games. Last year was like six games. It was like a little bit less than a month that he was doing great and his BABIP was through the roof. There is at least hope. He hasn't made too many mistakes defensively I like. Maybe it's possible. If we're willing to, if I'm willing to buy into Jerks and Profar, I'm willing to say maybe the Padres, the, the ground ball gremlin, right? Maybe there's a chance that, I said this before the year, Throughout his career, he's been very up and down. One year he's good, the next year bad. One year good, next year bad. Very every other year, right? Kind of like you know how the Giants would win a title every other year? This It's kind of like him with that. Maybe he can just not be an ultimate liability. Maybe he can be a little bit like Myers, give you like a two-war season? Two-and-a-half war season? Maybe even three if we're lucky? If that happens, that's huge. And if that happens, I will absolutely start saying his name again. I'll say it right now. If he can just not be a zero war player like he was last year, right? Just be decent. Because Myers hasn't even been decent. He's been terrible. I'll tell you that. And I think we kind of expected that. But got to give credit to where, credit, where credit's due. Absolutely. But before we get even deeper uh, talking about the ground ball gremlin maybe a little bit more. Because it's just so much fun to talk about that, man. Let's just be honest. There's nothing better than talking about this man. And him being good, by the way, would do wonders for the podcast, I must say. Guys, let's talk about betting. All right. Maybe you're making a bet right now on the Padres first baseman, the ground ball gremlin, becoming the MVP of the season. Well, you could probably look that stuff up over at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And of course, guys, thank you again for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
Let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. And most importantly, let us discuss a listener question that comes our way via Timothy Pike at Southtown Legend on Twitter. He reached out asking, hold on. What's going on? Why can't I find it? There we go. Hey, with Will Myers' constant struggles, how would you feel about popping Abrams in right field every day? I could see the outfield being left field, Profar, center field, Grisham slash Azokar, and right field, Abrams. Yes, Abrams is struggling at the plate, but he is going to get better. There is a reason he was so high on everyone's list. So bench Will and have him just give Profar and Abrams days off every once in a while. So... Uh, thank you for the thank you for the, the notion. Thank you for the question, Timothy, or Tim. Can I call you Tim? Is that cool? Um, I think that with Myers, they're probably going to give him some more time. All right, he's not the best player in the world, but I just think that with Abrams not forcing the issue with his bat, I don't really see it right now. Especially because he's been actually pretty good as a glove defensively. I don't think they want to move him. From shortstop, right? I think they want to kind of keep him in that platoon with CJ with uh with Hassan Kim. I mean, so that's and that's not by the way an awful idea though is to put him in uh what's it called right field though. I, I would actually like that and actually I still kind of like Azokar. I don't know. There's something about that guy. I'm getting some vibes that the Padres are gonna trade that dude in a package and he's gonna be like awesome for Cleveland or something like that for like a year. I don't know. This just I don't know. But I do think that this comes down to if Abrams forces it and Myers keeps performing the way he does, then I could see it. And I will say, unlike some other players on the Padres, right, and other just the players in baseball, Myers last year, I know that his slash line wasn't the worst in the world, that he hit, did hit for a hint of power. He wasn't as big of a liability defensively as in past years. Let me bring it up really quickly, just his slash line. Last year, he had a 256, 334, 434 slash line. It's not terrible with 17 home runs. Not awful, not awful. He did strike out a decent amount, but not awful, right? The problem is that a lot of his advanced stats, it didn't feel like he barreled the ball all that much. He didn't seem to hit the ball all that hard. So maybe last year really was a sign because he didn't even get hot at one point, by the way. It's not like Will Myers, with the exception of maybe like the very, very beginning of the season, he didn't have that stretch. And even during the bad years, he would have that stretch where he was awesome, right? When he hits for a cycle against the Rockies or the Giants or whatever the heck, right? Like, he just has didn't even do that last season. He was just the definition of mediocre. And every if you just watch him, the ball, it's like off the end of the bat. Or, like, it just didn't look good when he did hit it. I'm pretty sure his hard hit percentage and, and barrel rate was, like, among some of the lowest in the, in the league last season, right? So... That's my issue with him. Even when he was making contact, it wasn't the best of contact. It was winky dinks kind of singles and whatnot. And every now and then, yes, he'd draw a walk. But it just, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Not a total liability, but it wasn't pretty. So I could see a world, especially where the Padres don't owe him any money after the season since he's becoming a free agent. If Abrams were to be awesome, I could see that. Guys have to step up. That's basically the bottom line. If, if, if Will Myers were to be the DH or what have you or just become a bench guy, they would have to step up big. If Abram started hitting like slashing 300, I don't even care if he's not walking or whatever. If he stepped up big time, I could see him forcing the issue. And the Padres being like, you know what? This guy might be one of those dudes that is just a crazy rookie that's doing great. But for now, until Tatis comes back, you know, you're just hopefully going to get Luke Voigt back. I don't necessarily see... Uh, see that scenario playing out 
It, it's it's a possibility, and I definitely think that with Myers kind of a little bit banged up right now, that it's possible that that if this if the Padres players were to force the issue, if Hassan Kim is also a major part of this, because then that would allow Abrams to move there and vice versa. Mm. Hold on one second, I'm bringing up something. I'm trying to find that one tweet that I saw. Let's see. All right, well, I can't find it. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, well, oh, there it is. Hold on. Sorry, guys. From Kevin AC, Padres' Will Myers could be headed to the IL, and that could lead for Trace Thompson. Tracy Thompson, Trace Thompson, my apologies, to join the club. He gets this a lot, I imagine, not to be mean, but brother of Clay Thompson, whose Warriors actually just beat the Denver Nuggets, so congratulations to them. They're moving on to the next round. Um, with him headed to the IL, I could see uh, for sure a lot more time given, potentially, to this Abrams thing. But with that Tracy Thompson report, it's probably more likely that that's what they're going to do. They've got Matt Beatty. Look, Abrams needs to hit. And he's shown so far that he might not be ready just yet. I think Campizano, after honing his skills a little bit more in AAA last season, maybe he's a little bit more ready and we're going to learn more from him. But Abrams, he didn't even play a lot above AA ball, right? Like, his potential is through the roof, but it just doesn't look like he's all that ready. Unless he pulls a Carlos Correa and is amazing immediately. I talked about this with Arm Layton on a previous podcast. Unless that happens, then I don't really see it. I don't really see it, but uh, either way, hopefully with the Padres' first baseman, who's not hitting the ball in the air whatsoever, but he is hitting hard line drives and he's hitting some home runs now. <laughs> Hiccups alert. Um, hopefully the Padres' offense can step up. So even if Aram isn't doing all this stuff, it ain't going to matter all that much. But Timothy, thank you so much for the question. And if you guys want to send questions, please at me at, L- at LO underscore Padres, at Javapeno. Do that, or leave comments on the YouTube. That's cool. I'd love to answer your questions, especially as the season goes along. It also makes things a little bit slightly easier for me. God, my back is in my like neck, and everything is killing me. My lordy, my lordy. Just talking about Padres injuries is getting me injured. Jeez. Ah, oh, I just need. I wish there was like a. Ah. Oh. All right. All right. Anyway, maybe I should, let me just nope. Should I keep? Yeah, I'm gonna take the headphone, headphones off for now. Sorry to my uh, audio listeners. That was probably weird uh, for you to listen to. But the other thing I want to talk about. Speaking of injuries, Mike Clevenger made his third rehab start, going three and two thirds, allowing one earned run on four hits, one walk, five Ks. Very cool. It was expected that this would be his final rehab start, and he could make his season debut next week. Reading there from Kevin AC against the Cleveland Guardians, his former team. That is big news, and with Mackenzie Gore having yet another great start, I'm very curious to see what happens when Blake Snell comes back from the IL. And if Mike Clevenger's back and he's healthy and he's doing well, is it possible that the Padres head to a six-man rotation? That's going to be a future episode on the podcast where I want to share my more opinions on that. If Mackenzie Gore is just pitching like this, especially against other teams that aren't the Reds, for example, uh, he might force that issue and the Padres to be like, maybe we should do this. Like We should experiment with it. I don't know. I don't know, but with more players heading to the IL, uh, unfortunately, with Voight, with Will Myers likely, we'll have to see what happens, but I don't know, man. And obviously Tatis on the IL. We'll, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's not, a, it's not a notion that I would dismiss outright, the idea of a six-man rotation. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, that's about it, guys. It's basically all I got, right? I'd love to see Abrams all over the place. Love to see Hassan Kim hopefully keep this up. 
playing the Reds. By the time you guys are listening to this, actually, the game probably, it's it's an early one that we have. And I won't be reacting to that one immediately. I'm actually planning on doing a crossover with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. That should be a lot of fun for the upcoming Pirates series for this weekend. And that should be a lot of fun talking about both teams. Probably talking about Brian Reynolds a little bit because that's the big name and whatnot. Talking a little bit about Brian Hayes, who's actually low-key kind of having his breakout season a little bit right now, hitting for a lot of average, playing incredible defense. Love that dude. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. He'll tell us what to look forward to for this weekend series. Again, the Padres aren't playing against the best competition in the world, but even still, it is nice to see the offense get going a little bit and just have some good vibes, right? Even if they aren't going to beat and they're going to perform poorly against the good teams, I don't think that there's too many teams where I feel definitively that they're better, right? Giants, Dodgers, maybe the Braves a little bit. The Braves have been a little bit shaky. Maybe teams like the New York Mets who are who have been awesome this year, right? Teams like that. Otherwise, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. And speaking of teams, uh, I might as well plug myself a little bit really quickly. Over at Just Baseball, an article should be coming out soon. I'll talk about it a little bit more in the future. Um about the five most exciting teams to kind of bandwagon watch for 2022. The Padres aren't on there. I wasn't super homer about it. But if you're just looking to hear about some other teams you should root for and why, fun little read, and I'm trying to get back my writing muscles and what have you. So look forward to that. I'll probably plug it on my next episode. And yeah, that's basically it, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, guys, remember to also... Go check out Locked On MLB, hosted by your boy, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please call him Sully. He takes you on a journey through major leagues, both past and present. It's lovely. Go check that out. And yeah, that's it. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O and at LO underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.